what's the word? Spilling that tea all on the curb. I'm not trying to be nosy, but I gotta know everything you heard. We gotta know what's going on. He did what? Now that was wrong. What's the latest trends of fashion? Tell me what's your favorite song. Who you reading? What you reading? What you watching? What's the season? Are there twists for the finale? Cause we gonna need a better reason. Who's improving the community? Bring the focus back to unity. Gotta do something more than plan. Listen up and take a stand. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Don't be mad. I'm just in my bag. bag, 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 bag. You gon' get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Why you mad? I'm just in my bag. bag, bag. Who are we? DHA. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Don't be mad. I'm just in my bag. bag, 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 bag. Get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Why you mad? I'm just in my bag. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this. This is your host, John Torrance, and this is In My Bag Podcast. This is season two, episode two. Finally, because it was a lot going on in the middle of the year with COVID and whatnot. So I had to revamp, do what I needed to do to get back on my grind. Um, So today I have a great special guest and I've been following him for a minute um, on Instagram. And when I was like, who should I get next on my podcast? Because I had Bugs Gutta um, in March, but I wanted somebody different. I've had a lot of like artists on like music artists, but I wanted somebody different, but still, you know, an artist as well. So I have with me Nathaniel J, who's I feel like is a great hairstylist everywhere because you're everywhere on instagram so (laughs) say hi to everybody what's going on everyone what's going on (laughs) hey 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 hey. (laughs) i'm just so excited that you're here because um like i said i've been following you for a minute and i didn't know that you were from delaware but i feel like you told me and I probably forgot. And then when you reminded me, I was like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I think that's when we first connected. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Because, you know, most people be like, oh, I just went to Dell State or I went to UD, but they're not actually from Delaware. But I right. was like, wait a minute, don't be being people from Delaware. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yep. Yeah. But I'm born and raised in Wilmington and I just went to Dell State for college. Okay. Um, but what part of Delaware are you from? I'm from Seaford, which is like the lower part. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm down there near the Eastern Shore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know. I know Seaford area because I have, um, I have some family down there. My mom's ex-boyfriend is from um, the lower part of Delaware and I was always down there growing up. So it was Seaford. It was Frankfurt. It was all down and through. All down. My grandmother, (laughs) my grandmother lives in Dagsboro. My aunt and my cousins live in um, Rehoboth Lewis. Uh Uh-huh. All of that. Mm -hmm. So, and it's funny because that part of I call them my family, but that part of my family came up this past weekend really? and surprised my mom and me. And it was funny because down there they love to cook. And I was like, "Did you bring chicken and dumplings?" And she was like, "No, you should have told me." I was like, "I love- finally somebody <laughs> like it's you know what's so funny because moving living in North Carolina, people don't they funny down here about food. It's like like scrapple. They don't eat scrapple here. Mm, I love a scrapple and egg sandwich, fried hard." 
<laughs> there you go. We 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 on the same accord. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like they don't like it. I couldn't even find it in the store. Really? No. Now I can believe it or not. They have rapper scrapple now, which you could never find that. But I was excited. I was like, wait a minute. I feel like I'm back in Delaware. Right. Right. <laughs> So I want to, every time I come on here and I have a guest, I want them to express or tell us their coming out story because everyone's coming out story is different. And throughout season one and going into season two, I've heard many different coming out stories from where people actually just accidentally came out or they just all of a sudden came out. And, you know, in the black community, it's kind of like harder for them, but the, all, a lot of the stories that I you know that I've heard on here, it was like easy. So, but I don't know your story. It might be the same. It might not. So, tell me a little bit about how you came out. Oh, I, you know, the funny thing about it is, I was thinking about this, and I don't really think that I ever had to come out. Mm. I don't think I really came out because it was you, my relationship with my parents was very calamitous. So, I really, my, my mother was like, you know, I really. Growing up, I was told what I was. It's kind of like you heard this gay thing and you heard faggot a lot growing mm -hmm. up. And it's like, you didn't know what it meant. And it's like, well, what is gay and what is faggot? And you know, they're, they're, they're calling, they're using these names. And and it wasn't until I think middle school as I realized what, what was really going on. But I don't think that my parents, or, I, or I will I say that my relationship with my parents was even at, at a level where I felt like it was important for me to even tell them. Mm -hmm. Do I, I don't even think they cared enough, you know, so that was actually kind of rough for me because I was this, this teenager with this new way of thinking, this new discovery about myself and I had no one to talk to about it. Um, I wrote journal, I wrote into my journal for, for many days and it was just, I, I, I used music as, as a, as an outlet. Um, but honestly it was like watching like. RuPaul had like a um, a show that used to come on VH1 many years ago, mm -hmm. and I used to love watching that, and I used to love hearing the quotes that he used to say, and and you know watching Queer as Folk, which was really so crazy because Queer as Folk really had nothing to really do. It had a lot to do with with the community, but as a black as gay a black man, gay man. Mm -hmm. I didn't really I didn't really relate, so it was kind of like a culture shock to me when I was introduced to the gay world because I was like, well, this is not what I thought it was. This is a little different, you know, mm -hmm. because there is two different worlds with being white and being white gay and then a black gay. So I really didn't have a coming out story with my parents. Now I will share that I had a best friend in eighth grade who mm -hmm. is from who is from Trinidad and she moved to Delaware when we were in eighth grade and we've been friends forever. And it just, she never, ever questioned my sexuality. She never, we never talked about it. We never had a conversation about dating at all. Mm -hmm. So um, it just so happened that when she graduated with her associates in New York, I went to the graduation and she had like some friends out. We were drinking and mm -hmm. they were like, oh, so when are you moving to New York? And I was like, oh, I don't know about moving to New York. And they was like, oh yeah, because you have all the boys. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> I kind of was like, oh, the boys? oh well we haven't had this conversation and she's talking about boys but right, so, right. It, so actually that next day when we had lunch I actually sat down with her and I said so 
let's let's talk about the conversation because it's clear. And I'm sure people probably came to her and asked when we were in high school. But she asked, she was like, so what is it? Are you on the fence? Are you all the way there? Because mm-hmm. she really did not know. But once we had that conversation, it's like we never really talked about it no more. It was just like, oh, okay, cool. Really? Yeah, it was just, but it, it, it was, it I... I've always wanted to have the conversation with maybe my dad, but it's crazy because I noticed that my father really, um, I think he knew, mm-hmm. I think he knew, mm-hmm. I think he knew something was going on, but I think my father was scared as hell. I don't think he mm-hmm. knew how to handle it. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he knew what to deal with it. So he, in high school, I noticed that he started to distance himself like more mm-hmm. and more and more. Cause I think he started to see, that I was evolving into who I who I knew right. I was, and right. he didn't understand it, and I don't think he wanted to deal with it because he didn't know how to deal with it. And I think that's something that a lot of us need to understand is that our parents sometimes are not equipped to handle those type of changes, yeah, especially yeah. De- especially depending on their upbringing. So yeah, I, I never really had a, a, a that type of coming out story, but I you been, didn't have a conversation with your dad. No, we never we never talked about it. He was very not happy about mm-hmm. me going to hair school and I think mm-hmm. he noticed I think because I wasn't a sport I didn't play sports I didn't right. I didn't I, I, I didn't want to do the things that he did as, as a boy and, and I think he realized that I don't know what this is and mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with this so we just never had the conversation and he just kind of distanced himself and you know right before he died I think he realized that you know he had missed so much right. and, and, it, and it, it's sad it's sad but you do know, you have any siblings? I do, but they're much older than me. I'm like that uh oh baby. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm like I'm like uh oh they, they are they are so much but but the sad part about that is even with my siblings, it was like like my household was very like it was bad. It was mm-hmm. bad. It was it was I actually remember praying like God, whatever you do, get me out of this situation. I, I was so ready to leave Delaware and it's crazy because now to go back to Delaware is different because mm-hmm. now I can go and I know I can leave. And right, I can right. I can I can appreciate some of the things that I did not appreciate before, but I was ready to go because the atmosphere was not what I needed, you know, and I needed to be. Oh able. yeah, you I know, mean, I, need- I understand because I was in New York for three years. So, mm-hmm. and my dream and goal was always to live in New York, work in New York, work for a magazine company, and live that New York life. And I, to the grace of God, can say I did that. And yeah. when I came home, you know, during this whole pandemic situation, it kind of was like, well, I'll back it up. When I used to come home to visit, I used to just be like, oh, I miss this. I miss that. I didn't really appreciate it when I was here. You know, I would go to like the fast food joints and all that because I'm like, I don't get that there and all that. So I kind of like appreciated it. And then first off, I was like, oh, I didn't know Wilmington was this ghetto when I was growing up. But (laughs) then, um, you know, as I moved back here, I'm like still kind of appreciative of it. But then I'm like, I feel like I need something. I need something else. So I don't know the direction I'm going to go, but I understand where you're coming from when you say I can just leave. (laughs) So what made you... um, what made you move to North Carolina out of all places? So it was it was just something that happened. I wanted to go to hair school and I was looking up Dudley Cosmetology and everybody knew what Dudley was. And Dudley was like this top tier cosmetology school for black people. And they had one in D.C. And mm-hmm. I felt like D.C. was still too close to Delaware. 
Mm-hmm. I, listen, when I tell you I was ready to escape, <laughs> I was ready to, I, listen, and it's so crazy because I share this story all the time. I legitimately left Delaware at midnight and I had nothing but a couple bags of clothes and that was all. I, I didn't even have anywhere to stay. Really? Like, so when, when I got here, I was already enrolled in school and the director kind of found me a, a hotel for the time being until I got me an apartment. I, that, that's yeah. how serious I was about leaving because mm-hmm. I did not want to be in that atmosphere. But yes, yeah, so Dudley brought me to North Carolina and that is where the journey began, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I really didn't know if, at, at one point when I was in hair school, I said, okay, maybe I made a bad decision. Maybe mm-hmm. this didn't work out for me. Cause you, you know, all these thoughts go through your mind. Like, well, maybe I'm not talented enough. Maybe I didn't make the right decision, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they weren't really supportive. And you know, you have all, you beat yourself up. But as time went on, the talent started to evolve. And mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. start, God, God started to place different people in my path. And and so, and I, I've been here, this was 17, almost 18 years now, but so much good has happened. Right. But I'm ready for a shift. Really? Oh yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready. I'm ready for a new location. Um, okay. I, I, but I love North Carolina. It, it, even if I would have to come back, I wouldn't mind coming back. But yeah, definitely just see, I'm single. I don't have any like, you know, it's like you want to be a little mm-hmm. bit more free to kind of let me explore a little bit. Like, do I want to be in New York? Do I want to be in Atlanta? Do I want to be in LA? I don't know. But I would love to like travel more with hair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see you traveling at times like New York Fashion Week yes. and stuff like that. You were um, doing that. How was, you know, how's that whole process, you know, doing hair oh. for New York Fashion Week? So l- let me rewind a little bit how the whole New York thing started. Actually, it started with Full Figured Fashion Week. Okay. With, with Gwendolyn DeVoe. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a fashion week that celebrates men and women of the plus size community. Mm-hmm. Um, she has created a platform um, for so many and really that's where it all began you know i started doing hair for full figure fashion week and making those connections and someone that was um department head for full figure fashion week was like hey um, i'm doing new york fashion week i'm doing a show with this guy named stevie boy and i was like well who is stevie boy Mm -hmm. i didn't know who stevie boy was but i looked stevie boy up and what an amazing designer he is and he's totally out the box he's so free and fun but he's definitely um legit about his business and he likes things to be ran the way he wants them to be ran and so that was my first show in new york fashion week and it spun off to working with um tommy hilfiger and and Mm -hmm. working with um um What's her, the lady from um, Married to Medicine that's no longer on there? Um, oh, Lisa? Was that Lisa, her Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lisa she, her and Quad used to always get yes. into it. <laughs> so I did a show with her and, and she was really, really fun to work with and you meet so many celebrities and yeah, so basically it was really just about making those connections with people and mm-hmm. saying, hey, you know, anytime you, know, you need a hairstylist, you know, hit me up and Luckily, I'm so thankful that I, it's really hard to get those gigs. It's really, yeah. especially, especially yeah. the good ones, the good ones. We're talking about the ones with a budget. Right, cool, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so um, cause that's what I was going to um, ask you. Well, first off, what, do you have like a specialty? Cause I know some hairstylists have specialties. Um, like they're known for like their weaves or they're known for their wigs or they're known for their cut and color or are you just uh you know so, you do- so so i got my irons in the fire i got a little bit of everything that i do but i love 
I think I love voluptuous hair. Like I love big body. I like layers. Mm-hmm. I like the, I like that Victoria's Secret look. You know, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. It, 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 I like that bossy. I'm in the building. Like, you know, <laughs> what up? Like, as soon as she walked through the door, they're like, "Damn, she a baddie." What all right. that? You know, mm-hmm. that's what I, I mean. I think I just like that. So I like working with women who have that type of attitude. To whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's long or whether it's short, I love working with women that have confidence and, okay. and, you know I love working doing that but I also love working with women who may not have tapped into that confidence and you're helping them get to that okay yeah yeah, yeah. one of my um best friends is a hairstylist in New York and I feel when I talk to him I feel like it's a good and a bad when it comes to being a hairstylist like a lot of people you know stunt for the gram and they think they have everything but they don't see the struggle when it comes to being a hairstylist because a lot of times well I didn't know that you know when you work in a salon you either commission based or you're a booth rent and a lot of these places especially New York all of New York the it's no booth rent it's commission based and it's kind of like 60 40 and all that so no. But, that's, but that's the law. The law The law has made it that way. New York yeah. has made it that way. It has not made it its way to North Carolina yet, but certain states are like, no more booth. It, it's really the government just trying to get into your bag. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but it, yeah, but there is definitely a ugly side to this industry. And it's like, it's, it's really hard to find people to trust because you don't know, you know, it's either they want to be you and being around somebody who wants to be you is, is never good. Right. You know, you, you can be inspired by someone but someone mm-hmm. who wants your position yeah that's scary yeah yeah and it's a lot of competition in the industry and it's just i was like i didn't know all this stuff went on and you know when you are especially trying to get in and you have the owner taking like basically half of what you mm-hmm. earn that's why a lot of these hairstylers work in their home because it's like I get to collect all my coin rather than give to someone else. So I don't know, like, what would you tell, you know, these up and coming hairstylists, the direction or, you know, just some advice on trying to like keep their coin. And it also comes up to multiple streams of income. How would you market yourself to get multiple streams of income? Well, definitely you're going to need multiple streams of income. And I mean, the pandemic has really, I think tapped into that for a lot of people, especially myself. So doing hair itself is like, sometimes it doesn't always cut it. You know Mm -hmm, what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. you do have that situation where you don't know if you're busy that week. It could be a busy week. It could be a dead week. So, Mm -hmm. but everybody's selling bundles, but there's still an option. But the way you sell your bundles can Mm -hmm. get you, can make you, can can set you up for a niche in each market that Mm -hmm. maybe somebody else who's doing it because you got those who are selling hair, but they don't know nothing about hair. Right. They don't understand what types of hair that is. They don't understand if it's Remy. They don't even understand what <laughs> Remy is. Mm-hmm. They just say, oh, we got authentic, unprocessed. No, it's processed, boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but it's like, I I guess if any advice, become knowledgeable about your field. Mm-hmm. Know the ins and the outs. Don't just be somebody who's plopping on a lace front, but you don't know nothing about the biology that's underneath it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Make sure mm-hmm. that these girls' hair are, is growing and you're maintaining the health of their hair. You will be shocked that these hairstylists you see on Instagram, they're not even licensed. 
Mm-hmm. You take mm-hmm. cl- you take classes with them, and they're charging you five, six hundred dollars, and they can't even give you any real information. So my my thing is always um, continue to strengthen your talent, always dibble and dabble with a little bit of everything. Never think that just because you don't utilize the talent, it's not you should always know something about it. Right. Right. You may not braid all the time, but you at least you know how to braid. <laughs> exactly. So, so be be confident about who you are. Always educate yourself and be yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just be now, yourself. When it comes to like learning, you know, new techniques and art and all that, I see you on your Instagram where you are like really hand stitching like yes. wigs and all that. So are you in some sort of like class for that or any type of training that you've been doing? Yeah. So. I said, because I wanted to expand my career into something else, I wanted this specialty type of training and I didn't know how to get it because again, back to the industry, people are very like closed handed. They don't want to share anything. They Mm -hmm. they have this wisdom, but they don't want to share it. So I I applied to um, the School of the Arts here in Winston-Salem to get my MFA in wig and makeup and it's in in design and production. So this is actually my second year. So next year is my thesis year. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, it is um, more so about theater and film. Um, We tap into makeup a lot and prosthetics build. Okay. you know, and we work with different departments like stage management and stage design, and we work with the dance and, and, and the opera, and it just it just takes me to another level outside of just standing behind the chair. Mm-hmm. And you know, b- building those wigs for film and theater is a little is so different compared to the other wigs that I may build with the webs. So right. yes, that is actually ventilating every hair into the Danae and custom making it to fit the head for the character or the actor. You know, so yeah, it is definitely a specialty type of um, learning. Okay, what program is that again? So this is um, the design and production program um, with uh, with a concentration in wig and makeup. Okay, at Winston-Salem. Yes, at at the um, the School of the Arts. That's interesting, that's interesting. So um, let's get into this queen uh, size magazine that you um, take part of and that um, you do work for as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So queen size magazine, I met them at um, Full Figure Fashion Week. Um, Mm -hmm. um, The CEO, her name is Tawana Blassingame and she and I have, um, we just connected. Um, Actually the year that we connected, I received hairstylist of the year and they received magazine publication of the year. Oh. And she was she was actually standing right in front of me. Mm-hmm. She was called and then I was called afterwards. And you know, she was like, Listen, I need your number. I wanna work with you and you know, I started doing like covers to the magazines and then mm-hmm. you know, I pitched to her, I said, Hey, you know, what about, you know, possibly me being a guest writer from time to time and she was like, guest writer, why don't you just be, uh, why don't you just become a part of the beauty team and you write articles about different things that you want to talk about all the time. So right. I'm thankful for that because that is, that's done, I done tapped into something totally different that was unexpected. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm like a blogger, like, what? Okay. <laughs> and let me tell you, being a blogger is a lot of work. Like, that's not easy. Uh, yeah, because I started one and I was like, hold on, let me pump my brakes and let me get this podcast going first and then let me branch back out into blogging because it's literally a lot, you know what I mean? And so I have to connect with her because, you know, I have a master's in publishing and my concentration was, um, magazine publishing, um, sales and marketing. So 
Yeah, I like all that stuff. So. Maybe we got to drop your name. Because <laughs> she's always willing to work with new people. And I think that's what I love about Queen Size Magazine is that she has definitely put a lot of people on the map, especially when it comes to models, mm-hmm. um, plus size models, even the men who will probably never see the light of day. And right. it's right. giving them a spotlight. And I love that about Queen Size Magazine. Right. For sure. And I feel like we just have to, and first off, because I'm kind of like, because this is my background, I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to like magazine publishing. So it kind of is like, it's not a lot of mag- black magazines out there anymore. You know, from back in the day, you had your Essence and your Ebony and your Jet. Mm-hmm. And now with all this stuff going on, it's really nothing out there. You know what I mean? So I always try to look for like, then you have to be inventive when it comes to magazine. Right. Because the actual magazine now is just a product. And, you know, they rename magazines to be just brands now. So mm-hmm. you have just queen size, um, with a queen size, it's really just queen size. And yeah. so the magazine is a product and then you might have a fashion show or some type of event, you know? So it's always these layers yeah. uh, involved in the brand. So, which is called brand extension. So you have all these extensions on your brand now. So right. And they actually do have an awards that they started last year, which is the mm. um, industry awards that they had last year. Um, and they couldn't have it, of course, this year because of COVID. But mm-hmm. um, she's planning on thinking about doing the second annual next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Well, you have a lot going on. <laughs> I, I see. Um, and you're staying busy, but, but you have to, especially during these times, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go into the next segment, which is teabag segment. Um, so as you know, the teabag segment, we're going to go through some different, different, like basically hot topics on what's going on in the industry. And I'm going to get your take on it and I'll express my opinion about it. And we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of like the in-depth, like this is the actual like host nail host, you know, um, performance on your hat now, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the first topic is Karamo. So, as everyone probably knows about Karamo, who was on um, the Real World back in the day, and now he's on Queer Eye, which I really like. Queer Eye on mm-hmm. Netflix. I tend to cry at times on some of the episodes because they're really touching. Like they le- legit help these people with yeah. self-esteem issues, and you know moving on with their life, you know, maybe after some tragic moment that he had or something like that. So I personally like it. Karamo, on the other hand, I'm kind of iffy about. So, but anyway, (laughs) he um, announced that his engagement is off by his um, fiance, who is Ian Jordan. And they've been together for 10 years. um, And they just all of a sudden... Well, in the article, it basically says that it was amicable and um, it wasn't no cheating or anything involved in that. But I don't know. What do you think about that? And what do you think about Karama? Well, you know, so (laughs) I'm not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) I see a lot of black gays are not a fan of Karama. I am not a fan of Karama. And let me tell you, it stems from real world. Mm-hmm. And and I and I hate and someone was like you need to get over that no. that was over that was over mm-hmm. 14, 15 years ago, but I really so on the real world this is the, his this is the, the time where he wasn't out, so right. he 
but he was kind of like, he, he tapped into it on the show. And I think it really bothered me that he met this black guy and this guy got really into him just for him to kick him to the curb. Like, oh, okay, I'm done. I don't want to deal with you anymore. And and I, I just felt like he was very arrogant and cocky mm-hmm. and he was very self-centered. And even now I've seen him in public and been at functions and he's just, yeah. I, I, he has a certain air about him. He has an air about himself that I just mm-hmm. don't care much for. But you know what the sad thing about it, there are a lot of black gay men of his caliber that act the same way. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> talk about that, but yeah, I'm 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 not a fan. I do I, I agree with you. I am a fan of the show and I do love what they do for the guests. I'm not quite sure what he brings to the show overall mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, that's just my opinion. But I mean I really, really do love the show and it, it actually has gotten better. But yeah, um Ten years you've been engaged. Mm. Well, they've been together for ten years. They've been engaged, I think, for about two or three, something like that. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. My thing with Karamo is that uh, one, he does have a certain air about him, and kind of is like fakeish to me a little bit. Like I feel like you say you're down with the culture, but you're really not. And what I don't like is for a long time is that he really kind of like was an advocate on black on black love, but black big boy love and black thick boy love. Like he always said a lot, like I love, you know, I like meat on my man's bones. I like them thick and all that. And then you turn around and have a total opposite. Now it's nothing wrong with that at all, but I feel like people, especially these black gay celebrities feel like they need to branch off to the other side when it comes to the white community just to feel like they're a part of something. And I don't really like that. You know, I see that with Billy Porter. I see that with a lot of other people. And I feel like it's not talked about. And I feel like it has to be talked about. And when you do say something about it, they kind of get defensive and they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about it because that's been, that was on my chest. And so I was, I was like, okay, should I talk about this or should I not talk about this? So I am going to talk about it because I really do feel like black gay men when they and it's not even just black gay men mm-hmm. it's black men in general when they get to this certain level with finances or celebrity mm-hmm. they're no longer attracted to black men or black women right and i and and, and i and i it bothers me so much because it taps into your last segment that you had when you were talking about the senator or the count the, the congressman that was running the black gay guy that was uh-huh running. Uh-huh. And I and he I was like, yeah, he's attractive. You we, we I guess we have the same kind of like <laughs> but we'll talk about that later too. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but as I was researching him, I said, you know what, we wouldn't have a chance with him. No. Nope, because because I, I looked into his background and it's something about it's either like when they Stanford and, and Yale or anything, it's like they tend to not want that black culture. And I don't know what it is. And it's like it's very disturbing because when you do meet a black gay man who's educated, has a job, seems to be level-headed. This is what I yearn for. Mm-hmm. Oh, he don't really mm-hmm. want me. And then, oh, if you are a big boy, that's a problem too. Right, right. And I'm like, and I, for some reason, I'm not like a person that like feels himself or anything like that, but I have accomplishments. You know what I mean? Like I have a master's degree that a lot of people don't, 
accomplish in their time, you know, especially being black and being gay. And I'm in corporate America when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And I'm an event planner and I have my own, you know, platforms and all that. But I don't. But at the same time, I love dressing up in a suit. I love, you know, being business like and being business savvy. And it's mm-hmm. something about having a success, another successful black man mm-hmm. right next to you. Like, it's just something about it. I feel like it's just like, it's a power couple. You know what I mean? And I feel like we don't, we don't see that, you know, yeah, we don't we really don't. see that. But I do have to admit, I did see a little bit of that in Styling Hollywood on Netflix. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I think Carlos King brought that to the table and it was really good because now you're seeing these accomplished black professionals and who's also a couple mm-hmm. really making their mark on the world. So I really like that. Yeah, I, I mean, it, there are a few that are out there that definitely need to be in the spotlight more, but it's just something about, oh, white is right when we get into Hollywood. And it, even with Billy Porter, and that's interesting to me with Billy because it's like, He's an advocate for, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's just confusing to me, you know, and it's like, I don't want to come off like I'm being racist because right. I'm not, I've, <laughs> I've seen some beautiful white men that I'll be like, you know what, I would consider it, but I just feel like that's not my first love. Like, I mean, when I get up in the morning, I see a black man in the mirror and I think if I look good, surely another black man would look good. Exactly. Exactly. So it tells me that maybe there is something deeper going on with them mm-hmm. that maybe they don't feel that their their race is accepted. So they need something else as a clutch mm-hmm. or, or, or a clout as, as far as to, to, to follow the clout. I need this white man on my arm. Right. Yeah, well. Well, speaking of a white man, let's get into RuPaul. So in RuPaul, um, the they had a PSA. RuPaul's Drag Race had a PSA, and um, basically it was the black um, contestants, black and um, brown and Latino contestants, who were basically the PSA was basically saying. I'm an individual. I'm still outside of drag, outside of this whole performance. I'm still a black Latino man at the end of the day. So treat me like that. And um, I thought it was really good. Um, I feel like Drag Race gets its, um, it kind of gets like downplayed a little bit because of, you know, a lot of white contestants are winners and all that they really don't have black contestants who are winners you know you have a handful and so i'm like okay but they basically did the psa because a lot of their fans were kind of you know going at the black contestants when it came to um, like they were hacking their twitter and instagram accounts and doing all that stuff so i guess they felt like they needed to do a psa Mm -hmm. to say hey look i'm a black person you know i'm still a black man all that stuff so I don't know what you think about that and the whole RuPaul Drag Race period, and do you feel like they needed to do that? I, I I think that one, yes, they needed to do that, and two, it needs to be a even it needs to be a deeper discussion, mm-hmm. and and I really do put this on RuPaul because he has a past that was rough, mm-hmm. you know, as a black man in drag, he went through a lot of shit, and I just feel like sometimes. He's lost, lost the way, you know, he's won all these Emmys, but it's like he's become whitewashed, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's no longer 
the RuPaul that we knew from work back in the day. And I mean, right. he, he said some great accomplishments, but he's too married to a white man, you know, or, or Australian man, <laughs> I'm not sure. But, and, and I, don't, I don't like, and I still love RuPaul and I love that he's done so much for drag and right. that, but still, I still think that there needs to be a reminder that drag is life for some people and then drag is just a hobby for others. Mm-hmm. And whether it's life or a hobby, these people are human. Right. And they and they have stories and they have issues that they go through every day. So we need to show that on the show. We need to mm-hmm. see. We need to see. It's, it's, even though I know it's a competition, let's talk about the other sides of what's going on. Let's talk about the ugly sides of drag. You right. know, and I think he needs to incorporate all of that. But maybe that won't be good TV. I don't know. But I don't know either. <laughs> I watch it. I think I watched um I watched last season. I definitely watched last season, which was good because one, we were in COVID and it wasn't nothing else on and I needed to watch something, so I watched that. Um, but I mean, I think I I like drag race. I'll give it more. I think he added some additional um shows on top of drag race like them going to vegas because they have their live show in vegas and all that so i'm not watching that i'll just watch the competition show and call and keep it moving <laughs> i watched it in the beginning when it first came out and then i, I started to see this trend of these same type of winners and mm-hmm. then you could hear people voice like why did that person win and and then i and you were like i get it like what is going on but again we don't know the machine that's being pushed we don't it's a machine pushing drag race and there is always two sides to a story when it comes to yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, just like Tyra said one time on um, Andy Cohen, she said, listen, I'm the creator of Top Model, and but at the same time, I'm still not the boss. <laughs> right. And, you know, and that's basically television. You know, you can be a creator, but you have your distribution person and you have the person that's actually putting your show on. Mm-hmm. So you have to listen to them because <laughs> your right. show can go right off the air and they'll pick up another show in a heartbeat. So that's how I feel about these reality shows. Like, it's like, it's always another side to these reality shows and people just don't, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know if it's worth it sometimes, but I mean, I guess it's get your name out there, but ooh, yeah, I'll be on a reality show and get me some club money for some appearances and all that, give me my little five thousand dollars a night just for walking through, and I well, am good. <laughs> all right, Nene, we get you. <laughs> so the next subject, or the next topic is, um, it was a, I saw this on Facebook, and it was a posting that someone shared, and it was from an individual, and the post basically was um just a social media graphic, and it said, Empire. Um, gay, P Valley, gay, the shy, gay, power, gay, black television today is poisonous to the black mind. Comments underneath of that were kind of like 50-50. Um, one said facts, 100. Another said, you are right about that. Another one said, y'all dumb uh, motherfuckers think watching a show gonna make you gay. And another one said, it amazes me that you all have no complaints about black people being portrayed as drug dealers, murderers, or rapists. However, you all have a problem with gay black characters. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> with all that being said, um, what's your take on that? It is a consistent battle that I have to pull myself from every time, all the time on, on social media. Mm-hmm. It is something that I, I just got into an argument 
not even an argument. It was more so a discussion about, you know, even the church focusing on gays all the time. But mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like, so it's, I have, I have a, a two-sided view on this. I love that they are putting black gay men in the storylines. I love that our stories are being shared. Um, but I also feel like they're, they're, they're abusing the opportunity sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it gets watered down because it's like, it's that same type of gay character all the time. Right. You know, the super, super flamboyant one mm-hmm. or the one that's, you know, the hairstylist, no point intended. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just feel like the black community has this huge issue. I don't, and I don't know why, I don't know what it is, this toxic idea about gay. And they're, they're almost like a obsessed with it. <laughs> they obsessed with the, the the fact as soon as you see a gay two gay black men kissing, they become angry. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't even think it's the fact that they're angry about them being gay. I think it's just angry about you see somebody happy, and you're not. Right. You see somebody who's enjoying life as you should be mm-hmm. as a same sex couple. And it, and it offends you. And I think they feel like it's, it's starting to mess with their minds. Well, maybe I should start to approve it. Well, maybe I start to accept it. It always becoming this new normal because it should have been. Everybody right. everybody loves differently. So yes, put these narratives into the storylines. P-Valley, oh my God, let me tell you. Everyone is on P-Valley. Everybody and their mom and grandma. Down in the valley <laughs> where the girls get naked. Let me tell you, the only thing about P-Valley is that the storyline is a little off with that little murder. Or what's his little uh, murder? Yeah, it's a little murder. Mm-hmm. That little storyline is a little, a little, a little <laughs> off for me. I, I I said, let, let, let me go into the writer's room and let me tell you how I really go down. Right, but, uh, right. But, but, that, but I, I feel like sometimes they, with these stories, sometimes I feel like they give away too much too mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, keep some things to their imagination. But I love it. I love it. I love the gag reflexes when they be seeing these shows and they sitting there with their husbands and uh-huh. But, and they were like, what in the world is just happening? Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they're actually being forced to watch it. But but at the end of the day, don't act like these people. These people be watching. They know what they... These ratings are up because these straight people watching. Even the same ones in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, but you you complain every week about this show, but you tuned in. All and that's the time. All that, that's all that matters. And I think what P-Valley does is they give it a balance because at the end of the day, you want to see pussy and tits. But you also want to get this gay sex as well. Okay. You have to be tuned in or what you going to do? You going to miss some stuff. So I think I, you know, I think um, Uncle Clifford on P-Valley, it is a little bit of a stigma a little bit. However, for some reason, he gets the audience attention because he's no holds bar. He's going to say it like it is. Mm -hmm. And he's funny. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to like that character no matter what. You know what I mean? But I also, um, but I also like the fact that they add they add the 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 rapper in there as well because there are so many men like him right. who are in the community mm-hmm. who are battling these two worlds. Like, are you really gay? Are you really bisexual? Mm-hmm. Are you curious? And I think that does invoke something inside of some people like, okay, well, maybe this is me. Maybe this is what I'm going on. And some people don't understand why they're they're dealing with what they're dealing and they see a show like that. And maybe that, that I mean, that might have yeah. saved some people's lives. You know what it I'm might, saying? So, it might. Um, a lot with the other shows, I'll say um, 
because we had Empire's Empire. I'm just going to skip past that. Um, Trash. <laughs> we talked about P Valley. Um, the Shy, which kind of was, um, I don't know if you watched The Shy, but. Oh, I watched The Shy that much. I have not watched The Shy. I've watched one episode it's and I, so I, I, good. I heard it's, so, it's so, good. so good. I've heard great things, but it's like I have all of these shows now I got to catch up on. And Power, I'm not watching at all because. Uh. I, I don't do 50 Cent. He's trash. Uh, If they could just remove him, maybe I could just consider it. Right. It's the shy, I have to say, like, especially this season was so good. And they put the shy on there because this is the first time that they're bringing, I guess, a gay character to the table. And it's kind of like it's, well, you can say gay. It's a trans person. So they bought, um, well, they have a lesbians as well, but they bought a trans person in. And it's funny because when she first came on, I think it was like episode one of this season or episode two of this season. I said, hold on. It's something yeah. that <laughs> it's something I'm curious about her. And then only, next, something, only something that we will figure out. Nobody yeah, else probably only something because yeah. I I pointed out to one of my straight friends. I said, "No, it's something about her. I don't know what it is, but it's something about her." And the next episode, it and they bought um the, the next scene was the entering in the next scene was a gay bar, and I said, "Oh, she's trans." Or at the end of the day, and so one of the brothers um is. Um, he likes that they're a couple. So it's basically a guy who's a drug dealer, but his girlfriend is trans. Mm. So, and he was fighting a little bit. It was like, I don't like gay clubs. I told you that and all this other stuff. And she's like, well, this is my environment and you have to get adapted to it because I go to your straight clubs. So I want you to come to where I feel comfortable in so i think it's a good um because not a lot of these shows have trans people in them and when they see what the black trans people go through it's kind of interesting and you know she's ride or die for her man anyway so you know what i mean so you can't help but like her you know what i mean so um with power which you don't like but the character on power mary j Blige's son is gay Mm -hmm. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that part. One of the sons is gay. But the good thing about it is, which I like that they took this direction, is that the whole family know. So it's no like, oh, why are you here? Why are you there? Blah, 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 blah. No, it's nothing like that. It's like, okay, we know. It's no secret. It's all out and all that. But you going to get this bag and you going to sell these drugs for me. That's what you want to do. I don't care what you like. <laughs> you got me one to watch. One to watch now. Okay, so you see that? See, they need to go on the edge. You to the little PR team. <laughs> <laughs> but it's real. And I was like, dang. I was like, I want to know. You know, when it first came, out, I was like, I want to know if they're going to like tie in if the family doesn't know or whatever. But they tied it in, and it's fine. Like, <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So Mary J. Bosch was like, you got, you got this nigga in this school, and blah 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 blah. So it was funny. It was funny. It was good though. How do you like her acting? How do you think um, does she bring something to the show? Well, I have to admit that I haven't really seen too much of Mary J. Blige acting, but I think I've seen it on um the it was that live um Wizard of Oz one. I think that's when I first was introduced to her acting. Mm-hmm. And on power, I really am not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Like, every time she cusses, I feel like it's fake. You know what I mean? She looks good 
in the show. Like, but she no. looks like, but she looks like Mary J. Blige to me. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> and I get, I guess, I guess because this is this is that whole MFA thing kicking out of me. Like, I feel like if you're gonna be in a show, I need you to look like the character. I don't need you to look like Mary J. Blige. Like you about to get on stage, Mary J. Yeah, Blige. That's what she's looking like. Like, she no, like, but you know, I don't really feel the acting. I'm not feeling it, and but. I don't know. One of my good friends is a uh, Mary J. Blige stan, and I'm sorry, but I'm not feeling her acting in that. I, mean, I haven't seen her in. I, she didn't she win like a nomination for some. She got a nomination for some movie that she was in, and I never got a chance to see that. I did see her in a Tyler Perry movie. She was like the bar manager or something, mm-hmm. and then she was in that that show on Netflix. Um, uh, with those children that had these magic the umbrella powers. effect or something like that, yeah. or something. and her her acting was the same. It's kind of like monotone. Oh, okay. He always plays this bitchy role. Yeah, oh. she kind of is bitchy in power too because she's like the head of you know the family business, and so mm-hmm. she's like directing everyone what they need to do and all that other stuff. But I'm still not feeling. It. I'm like homegirl, you from Queens and you living in Queens. Why aren't you like acting like you grew up there? <laughs> well, Beyonce can't act either, so it's no different. Uh, right. Don't let Mary me J. get on her. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Mary J. Blige's acting. Oh, definitely, definitely, because they said Beyonce fucked over that voiceover in The Lion King. And they're like, how can you fuck up a voiceover in The <laughs> it, Lion King? It was so bad. It was so bad. I wanted to leave the theater. I was like, oh, Beyonce, you just screwed it up for me. Oh, and she's so good on stage. Like, girl, what happened to that? Tap into that Sasha Pierce. I know, I know. So, but that's the tea bag segment. We got into some, (laughs) we got into some tea for that segment. (laughs) So the last segment I want to get into is in my bag. Mm -hmm. So, um, if for those who don't know, in my bag is basically like a feeling that you have. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm in my bag about this. I'm in my bag about that." Um, we see it a lot in Delaware. Like I always used to say, like, oh, I'm in my bag, all that other stuff. I've never but heard that term. Yeah, that's what we always. I've never heard that term. <laughs> mm-hmm. So wow. it's like, and even Meek Mill did a song like "In My Bag." So that was like, oh, okay. Well, a lot of people say I'm in my bag. Well, well I mean, they also use shade now too. And exactly. Why have you noticed that they, like our terminology has become mainstream? Very mainstream. Very yeah. mainstream. And when you look back at like the older like gay documentaries from like the 60s, 70s, they they they're using that term like were- shade, read all of that. Mm-hmm. And the straight people are just, they're just using it. Like it just comes off their tongue. Like it's natural. Like it's a part of the everyday vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'll start with my, in my bag <laughs> um, moment. Um, I did have one. I was telling you earlier, I had something that was in my bag, but some events of, has occurred over the last uh, couple of days. Um, oh so I have to just get some stuff off of my chest. <laughs> so I and so I've been talking to a guy and we've been talking for four months and we've been talking every day for four months now before this I have this is the first time I've ta- I've spoken to someone consistently mm-hmm. in seven years my last relationship was seven years ago wow. after that like it was in my early 20s to mid 20s and then after 25 nothing ghosts crickets 
fruit flies, everything. So um, this is the first time, <clears throat> excuse me, that I've been talking to someone like consistent on a consistent basis. Now he's, and I met him off an app, but we've, gr- we've grown into like, you know, we talk every day. We've been talking every single day. Since what app day. was it? What app did you meet him off of? Crowler. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Continue. <laughs> so, um, and he's from Atlanta. Well, he's from Chicago, and he lives in Atlanta. Um, and so, like, we've been talking, like, constantly. And he actually came up to see me from Atlanta for, like, four days. And we had a good time. I showed him around the city, everything. Mm-hmm. Um but yesterday, over the weekend, it's just like, it was Friday was fine. Saturday kind of was good. Yesterday, we spoke for a little bit. And um, I was like, I'll call you, you know, when I get you know, to my cousin's house. And he was like, okay, no problem, blah, blah, blah. I FaceTimed him. He didn't answer. And then he basically um, said, oh, I'm on a family call. I'll call you back. I said, okay. So I didn't hear from him. And then I call him when I got home that night where I normally call him. And no answer. So I called again, no answer. So he texts me basically saying that he's kind of in his feelings. I I think I deleted it. I didn't. <laughs> I'll tell you it. So I'm because I, I want to get your opinion on it, and the people who are listening, I want to get their take on it too. And he basically said that you know he apologizes for the weekend because it was on and off all weekend, mm-hmm. and um, he's just feeling some type of way and really didn't want to talk about anything, and he didn't want to be around people, and he didn't want to take his feelings out on other people Mm -hmm. so he said that you know maybe over sleep he'll feel better and he'll get back to me later and that was like and that was all so I don't want to so I'm in my bag about that and I've been in my bag about that all last night and all today because I still haven't heard from him so I don't want to overreact the old John <laughs> would have been F you, whatever. You're not calling me. I don't know. I didn't do it. And, and I did ask this. I said, well, is it me? And he was like, no, it's not you at all. It's just something I'm going through and all that. And this okay. is after after he's come to visit? After. And you've never had this issue with him before? Nope. Okay, so, so, the, so, okay, so the new me. The new me would have been like, okay, so what can I do to help you with the situation? The old me would have been like, yeah, I'm ready to delete this nigga. But um, I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic, and I'm trying to be the new me. The new I'm me. trying to as well. And right. when I spoke to a friend, and she brought some stuff to the table where she was like, you know, you don't know what happened on that call. If he did, excuse me, if he did have a phone call with his family. Um, And you don't know if he suffers from anything like depression or something like that. 
And when she said that, I kind of was taken back and I was like, you know what, you're kind of right because at the end of the day, yeah, we've been talking every day for four months, but in four months, you still don't know the person. You know, you don't know all the ins and outs. You know what I mean? You don't know the reactions on how people take certain stuff. You know what I mean? So you don't, you still don't know the person. Do I feel like he could have handled it in a different way? Because all I was saying was, listen, just call me. Just say, listen, I'm going through something right now. Just give me a couple days. I just want to hear your voice. I don't like the whole text message thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I've been in my bag about that. And so, like I said, the old John would have been like, cancel, boom. You know what I mean? Because I have a hard exterior, but my insides are like cotton. And I don't like that, especially when this is the first person that I've been talking to on a consistent basis in seven years. And then this stuff comes about. I'm like, whatever. What is your zodiac sign? Oh, so my zodiac sign is a Leo. He's a Pisces. Ooh. Yeah. And the funny part is, I dated a Pisces. My very first boyfriend was a Pisces. And he's... They weren't always... They're, they're, under, uh, they're always unsure about things. They're never really... They're kind of fickle sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's just what I, I picked up on it. But, you know, maybe I could be wrong. What is your sign? I'm an Aquarius. Oh, Aquarius. I lo- a lot my two best friends are Aquariuses. Like we're fun, we're fun people. Y'all are so fun to be around. It's like it's it's crazy. It's so I'm, on a, I'm on a podcast right now, so let's knock it out. But yeah, we real fun. Yeah, it's very <laughs> fun. So um and the crazy part is so I dated like two cancers and I'm like, ooh. I cannot date another cancer. Well, so that's the, so. This is the thing. I had a friend of mine who was really into zodiac signs, and when we did when we did our astrology, I even though I'm an Aquarius, I have a Cancer's moon. I do too. Simply because both of my parents are Cancers, and mm. their birthdays are only days apart. And Cancers are very so. Cancers and Aquariuses tend to not really get along too well. They only can be around each other for a limited time. Mm-hmm. So imagine me having a Cancer's moon and I'm an Aquarius so I'm always battling myself all the right. time. Right, right. Yeah, I have a Cancer moon as well. So like when I'm by my, like I love being around people. I'm a Leo. Like we like to talk. We are, we, we make the party like we're Leos. We like to be center of attention, all that stuff. However, I feel like when I'm by myself that's where I feel most comfortable. Like, I don't have to go out all the time. Like, when my friends call me to go out, I'm like, no, I just want to stay in. I don't want to do anything. I don't, I just want to sit and watch a movie. But that's interesting because I think that's, uh, Aquarius tend to be the same way. I, I don't have to be the center of attention though. But also I, I, I feel like because my personality is so big, it's draining sometimes that people have this expectancy mm-hmm. for you to be this, Hey, come over because I know you right. won't get us going. I'm like, listen, that's draining. I don't feel like it tonight. I want to <laughs> sit here and I want to watch Golden Girls. Right. But but to, but honestly, to get back to that situation, I'm 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 gonna be an adult and I'm gonna be uh, the new Nathaniel and I'm gonna say, listen, give him some time mm-hmm. and 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 really find out what's going on because I find that men struggle with communication. Yeah. They struggle with communication. They struggle with their feelings and. 
he could have been hit with something that he's never been hit with before. Right. And right. he doesn't know how to deal with it. And maybe he doesn't feel like you guys are at a level where he feels like he can share it. Or maybe he just doesn't want to dump it on you. And that's understandable. Yeah. That's definitely understandable. So, and I took that approach. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I'll give you your space and I'll keep it, you know, I'll keep it funky and keep it moving. Um, but just to let you know, I'm here if you need to talk about anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, because at the end of the day, we're not in our 20s anymore. We're not yeah. young. You know what I mean? And you don't know what the person is going through. I don't want to just cut something off like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and, I, and I, I feel like if I do my part right. and it's not reciprocated, then that's when I can be like, okay, you're not understanding or you don't see where I'm coming from or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Then that's when I can be like, okay, well, I know I need to move differently. But right now I'll give you your space and I'll keep it moving. And then when you get to that happy space of where everything starts to settle off, you know, remind him again that, hey, we're in the process of getting to know each other. We're building something. As this person who's getting to know you and I'm caring about you, I am an outlet for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always talk to me. I'm a listening ear. I don't have to give you any advice, but if you really want to throw something on me, that's what I'm here for. Right. You know, but, I, but again, we don't know. And, you know, you have to always weigh things out. You don't want to run away from it too quickly because I can say I, I'm guilty of, you know, closing a door on something and I can't necessarily say it was all my fault, but I can honestly say that I had outtaken in that whole situation too, mm-hmm. um, because it was like, okay, you 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 giving me you giving me too much, and I'm not feeling this, and I don't know what's going on, and mm-hmm. but you know to you know I could tell that something was deep, that that he just did not know how to convey his feelings, and right. that was so irritating to me, and it mm-hmm. was frust- it's frustrating on the other end because you want to know what's going on because you like this person and you're like, well, what's going on? I'm used to talking to you every mm-hmm. day and I'm, I'm not liking this vibe that you're giving me, you know, talk to me, right? you know, and he's so far away and you're in Delaware, he's in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That makes it even harder. So, mm-hmm. so I feel like I had to talk about this because I feel like not a lot. And I feel like some people might be going through this and especially in the black gay community, you don't really hear situations mm-hmm. like this. You know what I mean? You might hear situations like you're cutting the person off immediately and that's all and he's a fuck nigga and all that other stuff but I kind of want to take a different approach (laughs) because I'm getting older and you know like I said you don't know know what he's going through and again it's only been four months you know what I mean it hasn't been like a two years or three year relationship like we're not in a relationship we're just talking and we're just taking it slow so that's 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 why I find it so amazing that people be like, oh, we we're we're in love, we're about to get married after four months. I'm like, no, there's so much to learn about a person. You want to see all the seasons. I want to mm-hmm. see all the seasons mm-hmm. of you. I want to see you when you're happy. I want to see you when you're sad. I want to see you when you have money. I want to see you when you don't have money. I want to see you when you're going through death. I want to see how you right. react to life situations to right. see if I can handle that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Because this is something where this is a learning opportunity for me. It's exactly. like, okay, I'm assessing the situation. Can I handle this or not? You know what I mean? It's better that this is going on now within four months because, like I said, and like you said, we have to learn each other. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't just... And I always said that. I said the next person I talk to, I don't want it to be just 
oh, we're in a relationship and keep it moving. Like I literally need, because I know me and the littlest things can tick me off and I am not, and I'm, and I'm gone. Like I stopped talking to someone after six months because he snored so bad and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Boom. On to the next. And I kept it moving. Um, so I'm like, that's not me anymore. So I have to be like, so the new, so the new you will be like, okay, you snore a lot. Maybe we need to get you a sleep study. Ex- yes, <laughs> you need to get a machine. Let's get a machine, and then that's not. Let's see if I can handle sleeping with you with right. the <laughs> Because if I don't. I'm going. Oh my God, that is too funny. <laughs> so you have to assess all the situations because sometimes that sleep machine can get loud, but and I'm like, oh, this humming, I can't do. <laughs> you sure you're not an Aquarius? Because I promise the guy that's not like something like that. It's like little stuff like, oh my God, why is your socks all over the floor? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you knew the trash needed to go out. You yeah. Knew the dishes was there. Like, oh. So the littlest things can just, I'm just like that. I just get real anal about stuff like that, like how people eat and stuff like that. Like, I just, I can't, like, I can't do it. And it, it ticks me off sometimes. So not being in a relationship and where I can assess these things will be better. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. I understand. Totally. I truly do. But you know, it's just how we are. You just, those little things that just like, oh, but we, we grow from, we learn from those things. We just have to learn. But the, the fact is that there's growth in you. And, and I like that. You've discovered that you had that going on and you said, okay, well, maybe it is me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And a little bit, a little bit. Just a little. Just a little bit. Not not much. Because you know, we Leos, we Leos know everything. <laughs> you ain't going to prove us wrong at all. <laughs> Right, right, right. We'll give you a little bit, but we ain't giving you all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to know what got you in your bag. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, since we talk about relationships, <laughs> I guess I can be in my bag about the lack thereof. Yeah. You know, true. I think I am so in my bag about this whole, I'm going to use that term now because it feels good coming <laughs> off my tongue. I'm like, I'm so in my bag about this situation. They're like, what that mean? <laughs> They're going to be so intrigued. So I'm, I'm just, I, I think I, I shr- like dating is so irritating to me now. And mm-hmm. it's like, and I don't understand the whole texting and the one word response, like little stuff, you talk about little stuff that irritate me. I, If you're going to say good morning to me, I want you to spell good morning to me. Mm-hmm. For you to use GM, that could mean general manager. That, <laughs> that, I mean, that could mean anything. I don't know what that GM means. Like, I want you to use your words when you mm-hmm. talk to me. I want you to be passionate about da- and dating. And I, I'm I, like, I'm a part of this little group on Facebook and they just, it's just like, Wow, I just want to date one person. I'm not even into this whole polyamorous stuff. No, and mm-mm. the kids are the kids are in so much new things. Like, oh my God, I can't even get past one normal relationship. And y'all talk about being in multiple ones mm-hmm. at one time. And mm-hmm. but it's harder for me. I, I, I'm an old I'm an old spirit. I have an old spirit. So I'm big on communication. I'm big on just being consistent. And there's two different types of consistencies. You know, you can be consistent in a good way and consistent in a bad way. Right. And you need to know how to, to rectify the two. Mm-hmm. But um, dating has not been easy for me. And I actually never really, 
I've never been in a relationship, honestly. Really? No, I've never been in a relationship. And people think it's so funny when I tell them that. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I think it's because of that old spirit that I have that it just kind of, I don't know if it turns people off because little things I question, I ask questions. Right. You and I think people don't ask enough questions. Like, I want to know who this person is. I want to know about your thoughts. I don't want, I don't care about how big your penis is or how fat your ass is. I want, that is all fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. But again, sex means nothing if there is no type of connection. Right. And I need to connect with people and people are not willing to connect and it irritates me. It's like you get on these apps and they may match with you on Tinder, but nobody speaks. Mm-hmm. Nobody says hello. You say hello. They don't say hello. They may back. They may say hey or what up. Right. And I and I just and I don't I, I don't know what has happened. Like you, why is it there's so many beautiful gay black men who are single and we're struggling to find people? It's because we have these hangups. Oh, he too big, or he too feminine, mm-hmm. or he's this, or he's that. And I think it's just hangups that we just need to drop. Because I used to be that type of person where I think we all have one point was on that whole, oh, he needed to be thugged out and he needed to be super yeah. masculine. Yeah. You know, being from Delaware, you know, we hung out in Philly. Uh, yeah. You know, we, <laughs> West Oak Lane, you know, West mm-hmm. Philly, you know, we was in Baltimore. Baltimore mm-hmm. was my stopping ground. That was mine too, back in the day. The, the, the Paradox, Paradox. The Street. Uh-huh. We was there faithfully every oh, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so we... So, you know, we, we everybody had these categories and these labels that they were in. And, you know, yeah. we wanted this DL man. And I, I realized that I evolved from that. And I realized I don't have to date a, a masculine, super masculine man. I've met men who were slightly feminine and I thought they were just as equally attractive. And I think we put ourselves in a box. And I think a lot of us are putting ourselves in a box, even when it comes to sexual roles. But... You know, that's a whole nother chapter for another right. chapter. I think it's just like, it's also a generational thing too, where um, like, I feel like we come from the generation where we actually had to be on the phone and actually just talk to someone and get to know them. Like those late night conversations, just getting to know each other, falling asleep, with, you know, on the phone. Or, yeah. Right, the cordless phone did, we got to yes. go on the core phone. Like those <laughs> were those, I used to be so excited about coming home and like be on the phone with our friends, mm-hmm. we all three way, and you give somebody your number, you're like, oh my God, I'm just waiting for them to come. <laughs> and it's like, you don't, I don't get that anymore. We even used to be on the party line back in the day. The party line was fun back in the day. Oh, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I think that is what I miss. I miss that genuine conversation and just talking all night and just, we, even if we were just sitting there just listening to each other breathe, yeah. I, I think that that was, that was something beautiful in that. Mm-hmm. And, it's not there anymore. People don't even want to talk. If you call them, it's like, ugh, why are they calling? They would, <laughs> they would ignore the phone call and it completely go to a text message. Right. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watching TV, so I can't talk. Well, can you put it on pause? It's on Netflix. I know. <laughs> like, I also think that um, I heard someone say, like, you know, back in the day before the mobile apps and stuff, you had the clubs, right? So, and which brings us into like the club scene where you had those clubs because you got to meet people authentically, you know what I mean? And now because of, you know, social media and all these mobile apps, you kind of take those conversations that you would, you know, that you guys would have in person at a club to a mobile app where it's mostly texting. So it's like these changes are so different now, but 
I'm not willing to change with that. You know what I mean? Like I need to actually be on the phone talking to you because that's how you learn about the person's personality. You know what I mean? Where you really can't learn something through text message. You have I don't to- even listen. I'm to the point now we got FaceTime. I can FaceTime. Let me see. Right. That's the, at least FaceTime. But I think the issue too is that people are using apps to create these characters. Mm-hmm. They are they, they are developing someone that they're really not. And it's crazy because I'm like, I love you for who you are. I love you for being this the average person without the filters. Like I I like that person. You know, it's like give people the chance mm-hmm. to really get to know you for who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't don't. It's like because I'm a, I'm quick to be like, okay, you done told me that you got this degree, you work here, you got that. So I'm looking, I'm checking things off the list to make sure that this right. shit is accurate. <laughs> because that's that's just who I am. I'm a fact checker mm-hmm. because you told me you you lived alone, right? And I and I see right. other people here, and I have, mm-hmm. I'm questioning that other people would just leave it alone. No, I'm. I'm I want to know all the business. Right. You want to know everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I think that's just, it's just dating. And it's just, it becomes a little depressing. Yeah. It's like, well, what are you, it's like you're forcing yourself to, to fall into this modern day. And I don't want to be that. I'm not that type of person. So it's like, am I ever going to date? Am I always going to be single? Yeah, I got that a lot because like I said, I was single for seven whole years, but I kind of like learned who I was as a person and kind of like was thinking about what I would stand for and what I wouldn't stand for. And um, within those seven years, like I learned a whole bunch about myself, you know what I mean? About relationships, about, you know, not cutting people off and, you know, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like I learned that, you know, I don't, it's not like a, I don't need a masculine, masculine man. You know what I mean? Like I learned that because back in the day, that's what I wanted. You know what I mean? I learned that I like the best of both worlds. I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm so happy that you said that because guess what? Isn't, isn't it amazing that we tapped into that and we right. realized, we was like, listen, I kind of like a little bit of, like, yeah. you put, put me in that box, boo. I can, right. I can, I can use it too. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? I was like, I like, I like, I like both. You know what I mean? And I like saying that, you know what I mean? But back in the day, I was like, no, I don't like it. You know what I mean? I just want to be a bottom and all that other stuff. But now I'm like, nope, I want best of both worlds. I want both. Right. 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 (laughs) So, you know, that's stuff I learned about, you know, throughout these seven years. You know what I mean? Um, so you just, you have to learn a little bit about yourself and that's what I learned, but you know, I don't know how this situation is going to pan out, but if it, if it doesn't pan out good, I'm okay with that because I mm-hmm. just, that's something I learned. You but, you, but, but at least you, at least you tried and you said, I, I put myself out on the line and I, I did my part. Right. If he was not receptive to that, okay, you know, cool. But at least mm-hmm. I know I've. I, at least you can say I've grown and I and I, I did something that I normally would never do. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thing. you'll get your you get your relationship going. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, I and I think now, and I feel like some of us we fall guilty, and I I met women who are like this. We throw ourselves into our career. Right. So it's like, because if, if my career pans out like I want it to, will I even have time for a relationship after mm-hmm. that? You know? But you make, time, you make time for what you want. But right. I mean, I'm so busy now. And I said, well, instead of moping around thinking about what I don't have, let me build on some things that I know I can get. 
Mm-hmm. And I just focus on my career. You know, that's the main thing. You know, if love comes, it I comes. pray. I pray it comes, and it comes, and I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. I want to be. I want to be whole. And I want to be healed. And I know that there were some things that I needed to work on. And like I said, being single, you discover a lot about yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the good part that has come out of this. Yeah. Well, that's the conclusion that we have. <laughs> it's over already? Like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> that was a real good, you know, conversation that we had. But I want to ask what's next for you, you know, within these next couple of months and going into the new year that's coming up. What's next for you? Well, really what's next for me is just making more connections. I really want to get into more, you know, film and theater and you know, booking these gigs because mm-hmm. honestly, if you know it, that sometimes in the art field as black talent, mm-hmm. we're not represented too well. And right. we don't see enough of us backstage. There's not enough of us doing hair backstage. There's these black actors and actresses who need us back there and they're not hiring us. So I'm I'm just on this proud of listen, I need you to hire me because you need me and I need that check. Right. So, and that's what my um, best friend is going through now. Like his main goal is to travel and be on set doing hair. And I feel like with you and him, you guys know you are the art of yeah. you know what I mean of hair. You know what I mean. He has like twenty five plus years of experience, and mm-hmm. he's still trying to get to where he's trying to get to you know isn't that crazy it's crazy that it happens that way and some of them Mm -hmm. just pop up on the scene on instagram and boom they're like on set and you don't feel bad about it i'm like i i I cheered them on but it's like some of us have really worked hard Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. here and i feel like we need to enjoy the fruits of our labor now yeah and that's where he's at (laughs) he's like i don't i'm tired of standing behind a chair at a salon like i want to do some heads on set, be the creative person, and go on about my way and got my money. You know what right, I mean? And, right. But it's kind of like, okay, well, how do you do that? What's the best way on going about doing it? Right. And I, and I think that's what I've been learning. But what has really worked for me is just being organic and being genuine. Mm-hmm. You, like, you have to understand that in this industry, you are a servant. Mm-hmm. It's not about being on the red carpet. It's not about being posted up with a celebrity because let the truth be told, working with celebrities is not all what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is not all what you think it is. It is a lot of work and celebrities can be difficult as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, you got some who are just cool and down to earth, but then some of them not. But what I, what I, if any advice I would give somebody, don't, don't assume that just because you had a good gig with a celebrity that they're your friend. Right. They're not your friend. It's still work. Mm-hmm. Do your best work. Always show up on time. Be professional. Be prepared. Be over-prepared. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I've, I've noticed that people show up and they're like, oh, I ain't got no, baby. Be prepared. <laughs> Mind your business that pays you. Mm-hmm. Don't be don't be listening to the conversations. Don't be in their phone. Mm-hmm. No, just show up and be friendly. Even when people are not friendly to you, go in your corner, woo-saw, say your prayer, and get back to work. Because right. people people are expecting you to blow up because they see that you're talented. They see that you are that spotlight and they want your position. So they're going to do anything to get you off of your shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got to you gotta be ready for come what may, you know, and just always be focused. Be ready for whatever. Keep the door open. Yeah. And you said you are, you want to 
drift off and go on a new new location yeah like you want to leave north carolina where would you think you would go i I would love la la is just a different breed of people you know um (laughs) it's a different breed of people and i'm like oh my god and atlanta is so saturated but But that's where the work is. So I felt like I need to be where the work is. New York has theater, but they film there too. So it's like, it would be great if I could be here and maybe they fly me out. But I know that sometimes that's not always in the budget Mm -hmm. for them to fly you out. But if the money is good, you can drive yourself and get there in no time. But, you know, I I wouldn't mind. I think what it is for me with LA, I think I would love to be there for a little while just to kind of get a feel for it first. I visited but let me just maybe get a gig where, right. you know, because sometimes when you're shooting a movie, you could be there for two or three months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that gives you an opportunity to make more connections with mm-hmm. people. And then you can say, okay, I think this is where I want to be. But LA is expensive as hell. Very expensive. New York and LA, New York is ridiculous. Hell, what you talking about? Atlanta. Like, it's all get, like, the hot spots, even in North Carolina, is starting to get expensive. Mm-hmm. A one cubicle bedroom can be twelve hundred dollars. Oh month. my god! And it's like, <laughs> really? It used to be four hundred when I moved here. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, but I, I, I trust God, and I think that's whatever faith that anybody believes in. I just think that you know, find that faith and lean on that. Pray, ask God to continue to place people oh, in your yeah. path. Continue mm-hmm. to. I always ask God to give me a clean heart. Yeah. You know continue to give me a clean heart, renew my mind, renew my spirit, you know, take out of me what does not need to be there mm-hmm. and, and just make me a, a vessel for what I need to be used mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And I and, and and that's not to get all churchy or spiritual because I'm more spiritual than I am churchy, but I just believe in it and, and, and it has gotten me further. Yeah. Me than, being, than being ugly and stepping on me backs too. and being shady and you know, because I would never have thought I would live my dream in New York, and I did it. <laughs> right. See? So, and it came right. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, but I want to thank you, Nathaniel. This was a good conversation. <laughs> it feels so good to actually connect with people that you follow on Instagram. Because it's like you don't never talk to these people. I know, so and like, now I'm, that I'm like we that. have each other's number. We right. can definitely keep in contact. You know what I mean? And Ooh, when you come up north, let me know. And when I come down there, let me know. Um, I'll let I'm you know. I'm going to hit you up. I'm yeah. going to hit you up. I'm like, this. I'm like, meet me at the Royal Farm so we can get <laughs> and Even if you go to New York, you know what I mean? For New York Fashion Week or something like that, I can definitely right. always come up there because there's nothing but a train ride away. So, right. And mm-hmm. honestly, and because of that, I would love, like, I always, people say, oh, I would love to come to New York Fashion Week with you. And I'm like, come on, tag along. Sometimes they don't mind if they say you're an assistant. I was like, you just got to act like you're working with somebody. Right. Just to kind of get the scene to see how it is. It's crazy backstage mm-hmm. at New York Fashion Week. No one knows what goes on backstage. It is complete chaos, but I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I want to say thank you again and we'll definitely talk soon and check this out because it's coming out soon. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. No problem. Alrighty. I'm just in my bag. bag.